Today's episode of BCEN and Friends welcomes Gina Carbino to the podcast. Gina lectures at professional conferences at a national level and has been honored with national awards from the Emergency Nurses Association, International Association of Forensic Nurses, and the Board of Certification for Emergency Nursing. She holds all five certifications from BCEN and multiple certifications from IAFN and the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. She currently works as an educator for a large emergency department in upstate New York. Listen as Janie Shoemaker and Mark Eggers talk with Gina about her passion for nursing and the deep, strong connections she has with where she works and lives. Find out about Gina's favorite presentation. It was standing room only, and people had to be turned away from entering the room. Are you curious? Hello, and welcome to BCEN and Friends Podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCEN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education and Technology Services at BCEN, and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Janie Shoemaker, CEO of BCEN. Hi, Janie. Mark. So in today's episode of BCN Friends, we have Gina Carbino. Janie, if you could please tell us about our friend, Gina. Oh, I'd be happy to, Mark. And many of you may recognize Gina and Gina's name. Uh, Gina lectures at professional conferences at the national level and has been honored with national awards from the Emergency Nurses Association, International Association of Forensic Nurses, and the Board of Certification for Emergency Nursing. Gina holds all five certifications from BCEN, multiple certifications from IAFN and the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. She currently works as an educator for a large emergency department in upstate New York. And Gina, I know for a fact that your neck of the woods is beautiful. Um, You've got a very beautiful place where you live and work. And so I'd like to welcome you to the podcast today. we're so excited to have you. I know how busy you are. I mean, look at the look at the credentials you keep alone, keeps you hopping in your educator position and all the speaking, you're sharing your knowledge with us all. So anyway, we're very grateful for your time uh, today. Well, I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, Gina, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what is the journey that's gotten you to where you are today? So I started in an ED residency program. So I started fresh out of school as an ER nurse. And that was a tough journey to go into a seasoned ER um, with seasoned, experienced ER nurses who probably thought that I didn't belong there as a new grad. So it was a, it was a tough, tough road for the first year or so. But I, I knew from the minute I started nursing school that I wanted to be an ER nurse. Um, I've taken a couple stints out of ER nursing to, um, I did a, a four-year stint in CVICU where I learned everything heart and I'm still very passionate about electrophysiology and everything cardiology. So I'm glad that I had that knowledge, but I don't, I, I learned that I don't like my patients sedated and intubated. I do like the rowdy ER folk. So I am at home in the emergency department. Um, And then I did a 
few years stint as a forensic, um, statewide forensic nurse coordinator, where I coordinated anything that was a person on person crime. So whether it be sexual assault, human trafficking, strangulations, gunshot wounds, elder abuse, child abuse. And I am, I still do some of that today. I'm still a SANE nurse and help with our SANE program here at the hospital I work at now. Wow, that is amazing. That's amazing. What what a what a great career so far. Very impressive. Thank you. So, I love what I do for sure. Yeah, it shows. So Gina, you've been a very successful speaker. Tell us about your favorite presentation and the inspiration for it. Well, that would have to definitely be the nurse serial killer presentation. And every year I try to think of a clinical presentation. So something where we can apply that knowledge in the emergency room and use it in everyday care um, and something fun. And so I was working, um, working night shift and rounding and saying, hey guys, what's a fun topic? And somebody said, serial killers, who doesn't love serial killers? And I'm like, yes. Um, so I'm like, I wonder how many, you know, what, what, what's out there on nurse serial killers? And it blew my mind. And I'm like, this is it. I was just taken back by the frequency and the kill count of some of the nurse serial killers out there. So if you look at Charles Cullen alone, his kill count is more than almost every single famous serial killer's kill count combined. So the numbers alone just blew me away. And what a fun macabre topic. And I believe as nurses in general, let alone ER nurses, we are just drawn to the macabre. Wow. Sure. <laughs> I, I always learn something on these podcasts. And I just learned something else. I remember that presentation, Gina, because I was at the conference where you gave it. And people were, the room was full and people were gathered outside in the hallway. It was like a fire hazard because people wanted to get in there and hear that. I remember that like it was yesterday. Believe there was an overflow. They allowed people to overflow into a second room. And then there was people sitting on the floor and I felt really bad. My organization paid for two of our brand new nurses to go to their conference for the first time. And they didn't even get to participate in it. They were like the, the fire person, like stop them at the door and were like, you can't come in. It's a fire hazard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, getting, I, I didn't get there in time. It was a hot mess, but, but obviously very, very popular. So Gina, you hold all five BCEN certifications. Tell us why that's an important achievement for you. That's probably my, my achievement that I'm most proud of. First of all, BCEN certifications are fun. It's so much fun to learn and sit and take an exam and have that objective qualification that you know this stuff. Um, also BCN sends you all kinds of bling. You get a certification, you get a, you get a plaque. So I have all of the certifications hanging up in my office. You get a little pin. And then when you have all five, you get a jacket. So I love the bling that comes along with it. Just the sense of self-satisfaction and pride that comes with it. And my organization also reimburses me for certifications and gives me a little chunk of change for having them. So that's nice too, when you have a financial incentive. So it's a win-win all the ways around. Ab absolutely. I'm very proud that I hold all five. Congratulations. Excellent. Yeah, that's quite an accomplishment, Gina. 
And your hospital, you know, just following right on with your passion for certification, your hospital recently won BCEN's National Certification Champion Award. Um, you've been very passionate um, about encouraging the nurses you work with there at your hospital to become certified. Um, so for those listening that say, oh my gosh, I want to do the same thing. I want to get my nurses fired up and get them certified. Tell us like where you started and where you are now with your nurse certification rates. And then how did you do it? Absolutely. So we started at around when I've been in my position for about two years, we started around 21% and we got up to around 75% of our nurses being certified, board certified. Um, how I started was just constantly talking about board certifications. I myself hold all five. That's nice. I walked out with my jacket and bling bling through the um, nurses station. Um, we held certification review classes here. We started a certification review library of all of the certifications. We bought um, resources and materials that people could take out. Um, and so we gave them, we, we broke down as many barriers as possible for them to achieve certification. My organization reimburses for certifications, but some folks said, hey, you know, there is a price tag um, associated with sitting, you know, I, I just can't, I can't swing that right now on those folks that came to me and we're going to schedule an exam. We got them prepaid. So we took out the financial barrier of them sitting for um, certification. Um, and then after they were certified, I sent a, a letter home to their home, a mailed letter that was signed by leadership and the CNO of the hospital and also highlighted them either in local news media or on our Facebook page or our organizational's media and our organizational's weekly newsletter or all of them, depending on the time and what resources um, we had available. Um, we also would highlight them anytime anybody got certified, they got some type of gift and we highlighted them in the unit with their peers to say, um, you know, what you did was amazing and we're very proud of you and to continue the great work. We also have plaques up that highlight um, everybody that's certified and we put that in the unit in a patient care area. So patients would ask about it and we could say, yeah, our nurses are board certified. We have on our website that all of our physicians are board certified and our goal is to reach 100% board certified nursing as well in our emergency department. That's so smart. I always think that's such an opportunity for hospitals to showcase their nurses are also board certified. We all expect the physicians to be board certified. Why not the nurses as well? We do uh, expect that here. Absolutely, you do. And, you know, Gina, this is just um, a, a really great example of how somebody like yourself is really passionate and uh, you get a hold of something and you light a fire under everybody and going from 21% to 75, that's a difficult me needle to move because we all know that people have reservations sometimes about sitting for a board certification. There's, there's, there's you know, three to five good reasons why people stall on that. And uh, you've been able to really overcome those. So that's, uh, it's very impressive. 
And I think that the, the one of the hesitancy is what if I fail? So we yeah. have not had a lot of unsuccessful people. Um, I believe two or three people out of all of our nurses who sat were unsuccessful because we prepare them appropriately. But in those cases, they only they were only unsuccessful by a few points. We immediately got them re-registered. I sat with them one-on-one. We went and had drinks, at, you know, went and had drinks, sat, sat away from the organization so there's no stress and just talked through in most cases test taking strategy and I had that one-on-one time with them they got right back on the horse and passed the exam and I think those stories gave people the the what they needed to 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 take the test yeah yeah good for you that's great I think fear your fear of failure I mean People say, oh, it's cost and this, but I really think fear of failure is huge for people. Right. Uh, Some I, people don't like to take tests. Like, you know, you're a great yeah. ER nurse and you're so fearful of failing this exam. That's an objective qualifier of you having that knowledge when it's really, it's the fear and you just need some test taking strategies. And so just being able to have those resources and sit one-on-one with somebody and go over, you know, how to answer test questions right. helps a lot. Yeah. Excellent. Wow, Gina, with your passion and, and what you're talking about here, there's no way you can't be successful. I mean, just uh, you got me psyched now. Right? <laughs> I'm ready to take a test. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, Gina, in your view, why is lifelong learning critical for nurses and how can they make time to focus on their development? So why is lifelong learning critical? We're, we're taking care of patients. We're taking, you know, what we do, it matters. It matters so much. Um, we have patients' lives on the line and, you know, not that, that that's extremely important, but where I work, I live, I work in a community hospital. We serve this huge rural geographic area. Absolutely everybody that comes through our doors is somebody's family member. We are literally taking care of our own. Um, the organization that I work for, I was, I was born in this hospital. My mom was born in this hospital. And my story is not unique to the staff members that work here. We are so tied to this organization and this community that what I know matters because what the people I am serving are my own people, are my family. Um, and that's important. And you need to know healthcare is constantly changing new technologies, new medications. Um, and I think also with free open access medical education and the amount of knowledge that is, is being poured out from, from leaders in our field, there's so much information out there to sort out, sort out that knowledge transition from textbook to actual clinical practice is shrinking and we have to stay on our game. So we're providing the, the best, most up-to-date care for the patients that cruise into our ERs. Excellent. So this is great. All this information, all stuff you got to keep up with your learning. Absolutely. Any suggestions on how to keep up with this you know they're so busy ed nurses are so busy and, and so much 24 hours just goes by so quickly any what little tips or techniques do you use to keep up with it or keep your training going so i think social media is is a huge area that i use or a huge resource that i use to keep up on what's going on bcen's website has all kinds of information going to national conferences. So not only do national conferences 
help you gain access to what's going on um, and the best, the latest best care, they also help you socialize. And so you realize the problems that are in your emergency department, those same problems are shared in an emergency department a thousand miles from you. So conferences are a big one. And then some type follow some blog or um, just constantly constantly keep up through social media or emails or a website that you you like and bcn is a great one and you bring up a good point you know we think about book learning and taking tests that but uh networking social media discussing with people how you find out so much information in the real world so absolutely good point janie back to you yeah so gina let's shift gears a little bit and talk about that beautiful part of the country you live in it, it really is it is so pretty there I, I even when the snow is up to your waist it's still so beautiful um so what is it what are some of the things that you do and and if people start to follow you on social media they're going to find out pretty quick because i know but tell us a little bit about some of the things you like to do when you're not focused on um your passion around your, your patient care and your staff and the certification journeys and the clinical excellence. When you're taking a little break from that, what do you, what else do you like to do? So I am biased and I do think that I live in the most beautiful part of the world. Um, we have four seasons here and a very wild wilderness called the Adirondack Park. So when I am not working and I try to make sure I have that work-life balance, I'm hiking or canoeing. Um, in fact, the weekend before last, an ER nurse that works with me, um, her name's Tracy, her and I just went to, did the Will, Whitney C Park. So that's 26 miles in remote wilderness with no cell phone service. And we got in our canoes and we just cruised and hiked 26 miles. We hammocked in trees. We saw moose, we saw loons and little baby loons on the little mommy loon backs. The oh. cutest thing in the world. Beavers and beavers that are so unsocialized to humans that they like swim alongside your canoe. And it's so like big, huge beavers that are like 30 pound beavers. I didn't realize beavers got that big, but I guess we do have a lot of wood up here. <laughs> and um, hiking as well. Um, I we have uh, the Adirondack 46ers, the tallest um, 46 peaks in the Adirondack Park, and so that is my three-year goal. So I'm I'm um, getting another one this Saturday. Ah, that sounds amazing. I would love to see those moose and beavers swimming alongside the canoe. That just sounds wonderful. Makes me want to come up there and go with you. Absolutely, come on. Oh, I don't tempt me. All right, so Mark, I think it's time for rapid fire. Rapid fire questions with Gina. All right, Gina, number one, what would you be doing if you weren't nursing? And it's hard to believe you wouldn't be doing anything but nursing, but if you weren't doing nursing, what would you be doing? Uh, either baking. <laughs> and if I ever do open a bake shop, I am going to name it Intrinsicoidal Confection. Um, and if I'm not baking, farming. So I do have a small orchard and raspberry farm at my home and I would expand that and grow apples and berries. So Gina, do you ever sleep? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite book, 
movie and or song that inspires you and you can select one two or three of the categories so a favorite book a favorite movie and or song i just finished an amazing book of um where the crawdad sings that is so good and having spent um about a decade in the carolinas it really hit home to me and I love the fact that the main author was just, you know, raised in the wilderness and so close to nature. So that's probably my favorite book thus far. Any movie or song or don't have time for movies and songs? Uh, I do love music, but there's not one particular song that really speaks to me. Um, you know, genres. I love bluegrass. I love Bob Dylan and Pink Floyd. All right, great. And movies, we won't go because with all the things you're doing, the most like last movie you saw was Star Wars. So it's been a while. I understand that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gina, we normally, for our third rapid fire, ask about hobbies or interests, but we've covered a lot of that with you. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you and ask, ask, ask you to tell us about your your beloved Prim Carbino. Who is Prim Carbino? Oh, it's so funny. So when I started working, um, working with this gentleman he thought it was my sister he's like you go everywhere with your sister and I'm like my sister what do you mean he's like yeah prim I'm like that's my golden retriever <laughs> so she does have her own social media page she's on twitter and facebook and she does like to snap every now and then and um she's she's gonna be seven july 5th and she goes everywhere with me and she will, she will get her um, Adirondack 46 along with me. So every mountain I hike, she's right there with me. That is so In cool. fact, I just, I just purchased a sling for her. So if there is a steep incline or ladder or boulders, you, you put, I put her in the sling and I put her on my back and I hike her up and then let her out. Wow. That's pretty cool. Did she get to see the beavers? She did not come with me on the Whitney Siege loop, but yeah. she has seen Beavers. Okay. okay. He's not a fan. Yeah, she She's... has quite a she has quite a life. <laughs> nice good great life for Prim. And we we I do have a new hobby though. I just started beekeeping last year. Oh. I heard so, there was a new buzz. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it is all the new buzz, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, so I'm that... gonna be making my own candles and honey, and I'll send you some uh, Jamie. Wow. And Mark. Well, so that takes a little bit more of your sleep away. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Bees, really, they take care of themselves. They've been doing what they've been doing for way longer than I have. So bees are very minimal upkeep. Very cool. Very cool. Well, if our audience would like to follow you, Gina, online, uh, if you could list the 323 social media platforms you're on for us, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm on pretty much any social media platform that there is. And you can just, if you wanted to just Google my name or put my name in the search box of any of the social media platforms, you can find me. But it's really G Carbino. Um, and then I also do run a Facebook page called Bolus the Brain. And you want to tell us a little bit about that for a second or so about Bolus the Brain? Sure. It's just... Um, it's just a brain dump, just as the name suggests, Bolus the Brain. It's just somewhere where you can go that you can pick up um, just, just brain dumps of information. Maybe it's an infographic. Maybe it's a meme. Maybe it's something that I just learned. Maybe it's a cool research article. I just wanted to create a place that sort of has a little bit of everything um, that you can go and, and check in. Very neat. Very neat. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, I want to thank you for taking the time, Gina, for joining us on this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you for sharing your time and your stories with us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And to all our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcen at bcen.org. I'm Mark Eggers here with Janie Shoemaker, and on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 